We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Shevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Unitessa's post-game podcast on this fine Saturday evening. It's kind of fun to have a Saturday night weekend game. We are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of SI Thunder. I am your host, uh, co-host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. We went from uh, not being sure if we would have even one host to cover this game to the two-man game tonight. Let's go. A Watson's very own OVO, baby. Yes, no doubt. By the time this show is over, it's going to be Sunday morning. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. Uh, Late night game on the West Coast. Yes. That voice is Nick Crane. Crane NBA. Nick, how's it going? going? I forgot what it's like to lose, man. What's crazy, (laughs) this Kings team that's pushing to make the playoffs has won three games in the past two and a half weeks. The Thunder, who are trying to lose, have won three games in the past seven days. Goodness. That's a fun mm. one. That's a fun stat. I like that. Good way to kick us off here. Um, you can find us um, on Twitter, obviously, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I promised you guys I'd be a little more a little more active on the TikTok. And uh, I posted the Trey Man highlights. The king of TikTok, the, baby. The Trey Man, that's right. Hey, Followers go up through the roof every time I do one of those posts. We got uh, another like 1K views on. Uh, look, don't judge us, okay? We're getting started here. Oh we yeah, got 1K on the Trey Man highlight videos. I did a Trey Man, uh, just like a snippet of one of his plays from the other night. Got like four views. Wow, <laughs> that one did not go viral uh, as the other one did. And then Lou Dortz, um, uh, one of his big shots in overtime here a couple nights ago and that one did well also so you know fun stuff check us I got out a, on all i got a tiktok media. question yeah i'm not on the app so i don't know how this works are i'm only on the uncontested account and i use that for like do what are retweets a thing on tiktok no but you can do like so obviously there's like a, a like equivalent obviously you have your comments right uh you can tag people and they can like go in and do like a there's like duets so for example josh giddy has this like ridiculous fan account it's okay. just like so yeah, like Josh Giddy, his his accounts like or his handles like Josh underscore Giddy, something, you know, very normal. 
And then you have like an at Giddy. That's like this giant fan account that's followed him ever since like the NBL. Wow. <laughs> so he'll like do like duets with them, which means like he can go in and like do his face over their video and react ah. to it and like post it as his own video or his own TikTok, I should say. I, I, I'm, I'm still learning the, the uh, you know. How do you do, fellow kids? Uh, well, that's how we get big. TikTok, but we get, that's we get right. a man or Josh Giddy to to react to one of the highlight reels, huh? I'm trying. I'm, I'm tagging them. I've tagged Shay. Shay's not very active on the TikTok. He has an account. He's verified, okay. but he doesn't do much on it. Um, he, he was dancing during the, the NBA yeah. lockdown, you know? And he, he hasn't was... really done much since then, unfortunately. Well, well he can't dance right now with that uh, high ankle <laughs> yeah, sprain. Yeah, that's right. He's rehabbing that uh, that ankle. Putting out shoes, though. Putting out shoes, brand new, out shoes. brand new Converse concepts. Hopefully, ones that uh, have ankle sport. Yes, they're high tops. Yes, good time. <laughs> they were high huh? tops. They look yeah. like they're very interesting. Uh, yeah, Shay, Shay, and Converse do more and more. Mm-hmm. So the Thunder's three-game win streak comes to an end tonight. Unfortunately, as you mentioned, Nick. Unfortunately, uh, as the Thunder lose to, or yeah, I guess, <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> very, honestly, very fortunately, um, as they lose to the Kings, one thirteen to one hundred three. This also marks. As you, uh, you kind of alluded to this, but only <laughs> their only loss on that four game road trip, which is pretty phenomenal considering that tonight wasn't just any game. It was the mm-hmm. second night of a back to back on the West Coast, two straight 9 p.m. games. The Thunder did not have Lou Dort tonight. Um, yep. I guess we'll just go ahead and get into pregame notes. Thunder didn't have Shea, Wiggins, Lou, or JRE tonight. The Kings basically just didn't have Fox. I mean, we can say they didn't have Bagley the third, but. Ooh. <laughs> they didn't have Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Oh darn! But like, I mean, yeah, they basically didn't have De'Aaron Fox, which is a big deal. Um, but the Thunder didn't have Shea Wiggins, Lou Jerry, second night of a back-to-back on the West Coast, 9 p.m. game. Uh, they Flight were delayed. got delayed on the way to the West Coast yes, too. Yeah, got to right because of the snowstorm. Um, just kind of wild, uh, a wild, wild week. Before we dive into the specifics of this game, kind of give me your overall thoughts of this week, Nick. As you mentioned. You know, that's sad about the Thunder winning three games this week, the Kings winning three games, and who, you know, the Kings doing Kings things. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's like, it's good to see guys step up. Like, I was at that Dallas mm-hmm. game. Trey Mann just balls out, um, shows that he can score. Like, a lot of, a lot of people in Dallas, like, even around the league, Trey Mann's not a name that you just know. And so when he goes, when he goes into an away stadium, does that, like, he starts to build that. It's not a household name, but like, people start to understand who he is. That's cool to see. Um, Lou Dort over time of that game goes off, has 14 straight points, wins the game. Um, Dort overall was good in in all three wins this week. So really it's, good. It's, it's good to see people <laughs> step up. However, it's like long term, these three wins could be detrimental to like the next decade, honestly. You know, it's like you could win the lottery and still get the top one, two, three pick. But if we look back in June, and the Thunder were one and a half games out of, you know, maybe getting the second pick. This could be a streak we look back at like, man, it was cool to see guys step up. But like for what, you know, right. like now, now you're now you're drafting, you know, some guy at six. Um, maybe maybe your buddy from Duke that you're high on, who's, who's a great player. But A.J. Maybe, Griffin's not yeah. going to. He's, he's not. He's not Jabari, level, Smith. Like Jabari Smith. Right. Yeah. Right. He, he's a guy that's going to be like a number two or three option, exceptional shooter, that wing you want. But Jabari Smith, like, perceives to be a superstar level player. Right. So Chet has that potential as well. Exactly. And even Paolo, and, and right. some people are starting to get lower and lower on him, including you. I've but, been long-term low on but, him. But yes, no, you're yeah. right. <laughs> it's, it's like the He's superstar potential. I would agree with that. Right. 
So it's it's tough. Um, that this week has been interesting to say the least. But guys stepping up, and that's just the NBA. Like I saw a tweet yesterday that was said something about. Um, it was like Muscala, Kenrich Williams, and Ty Jerome. If you like remove them from the team, the Thunder don't win any games. But like you remove them from the team, other people are going to score. This is what yeah, happens, right? And well, and that's kind of what we saw tonight. Um, yeah, I, I agree with exactly what you're saying. It is great to see guys like Trey Mann step up. I mean, it, Trey Mann, Giddy, Lou. Even though Lou did not play tonight, like like I mentioned earlier, seeing those guys step up not only just um, for one game during that stretch, but even consistently. You know, even if like for example, Trey Mann's big night was Dallas, uh, Giddy's big night was tonight, and Lou had two straight big games, but didn't play tonight. They all still had really good games through this stretch, which is huge for the, the the growth of these guys. But to your point, Nick, if that causes you to get the another six or seven pick where you miss out, maybe you don't get it at Josh Giddy this time yeah. as yeah. your uh, your saving grace for missing out on one of those top picks. And then these guys are getting better, but they aren't good enough. And you find yourself in a very talented 2023 draft picking in the like, you know, outside the top five, essentially, you don't, you don't want to be stuck it in the middle. Could be, right. Exactly. And, and that's where you find yourself. Now, a lot of, you know, not to go down rabbit holes, a lot of options for Pressy here with all these different assets. Um, but I think what you're getting to, what I'm getting at a lot of positives from this stretch, including Definitely. tonight. Um, but also a little nerve wracking in terms of like, we just hope oh, we can just get this thing done with, get one of these top three picks and let's just start like building something really special because to transition to tonight's game, um, there are already some special pieces I think in place. So I think, you know, just kind of start, like I said, 113, 103, the Kings, um, the Thunder come out pretty aggressive in the first half. I was really impressed. And then second half, it was kind of a tell of two halves. You could tell this, back this and team forth, was, yeah, yeah, it was still back and forth. But that third quarter, you could tell this team was getting tired uh, yeah. with guys like Ty Jerome, who had been playing really well. Um, Josh Giddy, like I mentioned. Teo, um, 23 minutes. Yikes. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Poku, yeah, 26. Yeah, Teo and Poku, who we'll get into. They, they've been playing, they, they played solid tonight, but like you're yeah. playing those kind of guys because guys like Kenrich and Ty and Giddy and man, they have a lot of minutes on them over the past couple of nights. So yeah, um, I guess maybe where we start is um, do you, maybe we say the rookies for for last since they've been playing so well. Where where do you want to start, Nick? I want what to start with I'll I'll start with negative, I guess. Okay, yeah, that's fine. We don't Derek, have to do positive negatives. We can just do things. It's up to you. Derek Favors looks lost on an NBA floor against like a Sacramento teams, yeah. Sacramento Kings team. Yeah. It was not great. His feet are bricks. He's he's a solid like big body, but he's only six nine, so he doesn't have like he doesn't have the like he he's never been, never will be Joel Embiid, obviously. But like Joel Embiid isn't the quickest, fastest player, but he's humongous and he and he's a force in the paint. Derek Favors has that similar big build body type, but he's six nine. He's slow. There's just not much he can do. Um, he finished tonight with four points two rebounds in 16 minutes, two of three from the floor. So it was like, it was an efficient night. You know, he, he made two of his three shots in 16 minutes, but when he was out there, it was like, he just, <laughs> when you're out there for fit. 16 minutes, and you're only putting up three shots. Yeah. As a center. Yeah. The only well, tr- really, you know, uh, I, I, I like Dekite. We'll get into him. Yeah. But the only true big yeah. center for this team. Yeah. I think you're on to something. Yeah. I mean, in lowest, lowest shot attempts on the team. And I, I, he just, he's not, it's it's hard when you're on a young team 
and you don't know your I mean, he knows his role but he like at the same time doesn't want to overstep i'm sure like Derek yep. favors is not going to go out there and shoot 10 shots in 16 minutes it's not his thing so it's tough but man if you're I, gonna, if you're if you're, point, if you're if you're a team that you were thinking about trading for him yeah, or like exactly i i just don't see a world where he's i mean there, there's a reason the thunder got paid to take him on and unlike chris paul and like some of these guys where like the image is revitalized we have not seen that with Derek Favors. Like he, I would not be He's shocked if he, was, if he was bought out. Honestly, <laughs> no. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Like to your point, I, um, there's definitely a reason the Thunder uh, were paid to bring him on. Um, I think his previous team, the Jazz, probably saw that. And I just, yeah, I, maybe you see a team if he is bought out, like take him on a free agency. For example, the Bucks just signed Craig Monroe yeah, to a 10 day. Yeah. You, you might see something like that just to give him a shot, but he just does not look NBA ready anymore, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but to your point, um, have to respect him a little bit there for his, uh, his overall demeanor. He's been professional team. as hell. Yeah, bit, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that better than anybody, uh, me and there and the, and the, the pressers. And, um, so that's good to hear. No, I agree with you. That, that wasn't great. Um, Speaking of a big, though, for the Thunder, let's go ahead and talk about... Uh, I mentioned Diakite. Yeah. Um, Diakite and Baisley were the two bigs that started for OKC tonight. OKC starts without Dort, like I mentioned. Uh, Ty Jerome, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Diakite, and Baisley. They obviously, almost by default, uh, get the most minutes of anybody on the team and what was essentially a nine-man rotation for the Thunder tonight. But I thought the two bigs and... <laughs> "Quote unquote bigs, right? Because it basically can six, be a wing or a big, nine. right? Yeah, right. Depending on the on the the day, but um, I thought Basley and Diakite were both great. So I'll kind of let you pick which one you want to start with, and then we'll go to the other. Um, let's start with Basley. I say I say great. They were solid. <laughs> I, I think I think Basley was great. Okay. I really do. Um, you look the box score six of fourteen from the floor. That's that's okay. Like yeah. it's sub oh. it, it's sub it's sub fifty percent from the floor. <laughs> One of three from three, it's like it's like a guy that shoots 33% from three is not great, but for Baisley, it's solid. Five of six from the line, seven rebounds, three steals, only two turnovers. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, he's not a starter. He started tonight, and he put up these numbers as a starter. But if you're a contender, so the Thunder are contending in three to four years, and you can have him on a manageable contract off the bench, the game he had tonight is everything you need come in energy um it was interesting actually pre-game not to derail this but um nick gallo asked about um about darius Baisley and his defensive assignment on harrison barnes and dagnalt said actually we're not putting him on harrison barnes we're putting him on tyrese halliburton oh i like that and without lou obviously yeah, but yeah i like yeah. that i like that and it's lot. like like Baisley's a solid defender um, he's asked, like he is straight up gone to the front office and the coaching staff and said, I want big time defensive assignments. I want Kevin Durant. I want Paul George. Yep. I want has he blank. has he always executed? No. But he's stepped up to the challenge a lot of times. He's asked for these big assignments. There's been like every time he's started, it's been because the coaching staff and the front office, it's a matchup thing. Like he didn't start against the Mavs two times ago because Porzingis was out. And Dagnall said we were planning on starting Baisley against the Mavs, but Porzingis wasn't playing, so he came off the bench. So there's matchups that they see, and they're like, 
we think Bays can handle this, which he is very promising. Nets. I remember yeah. Dignall saying With the KD. Nets there, like he yeah. was going to start against the Nets, yep. um, but he didn't because KD was out. So to right. your point, Nick, he, he did start against the Mavericks because yep. Porzingis was back. Right, right. And, and it's like, you see the flashes from him. He had like three and ones tonight. Like he's finishing through contact. He's doing good things. So I think Baisley... I'm like, it's just... To your point, like to add on to that, I saw him have one move there. I think it was in the second half because um, I was pretty sure I was on the Twitter account at that point. We split the Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he had he had a move where he just blew by his defender, um, went to the rim. You're just like sitting there like, man, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then he just misses the wide open late. Yeah. I shouldn't say wide open, but he misses the finish that we know right. that he's capable of doing. Yep. So kind of to your point. Yeah, then there's back and forth. But I think guys, any guy in the league, they're compared relative or they're, they're evaluated relative to their contract and to where they were drafted or their expectations. And so if, if you see if basically were to get re-signed to like a three year team friendly deal coming off the bench and he came off the bench all the time, these type of performances, you'd be like, man, like Bayes is awesome. But when you're a first round pick, you're still in that rookie scale deal. It's a prove it year. His expectations are a little bit different. And so I think, I think he's, he's evaluated in a light that may not be fair, but if you consider him a bench player, that's maybe going to be on a team friendly contract. These types of nights are very, 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 very promising 37 minutes. Like he, he was out there a lot and knows for good reason. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a really good point. I, I've been very impressed with Baisley the, during the three game uh, win stretch. And I think the thing that I like the most, Nick, like we keep hammering home consistency. Um, and he's been so much better off the bench this season than he has as a starter. We all know all know those stat splits. But this this week, when he's been thrust into that, you know, thrown into that starter role uh, due to injuries, obviously JRE, you know, with that foot injury, he he's shown more consistency and he's doing it um, within the flow of the offense. Like to your point, I there there's still some plays. There were a couple plays tonight where he takes that ill-advised three, where he drives to the rim and throws something up, and you're a little frustrated. But they were much more few and far in between than I think than we have seen typically from quote unquote starter base. So that was great to see more of a uh, again quote unquote bench base yeah. in that starter role tonight. I'm with you. I think that's a that's great. Well, Dignall Dignall said multiple times when Bays plays simple on offense, he's best. Yep. And that's that's really what it comes down to. And he said that about a couple of the young guys, right? Yeah. Um, now, I, yeah, I, I think that's exactly what it comes down to, especially for Baisley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when we saw him at his best, his rookie year, when he was in that simplified yeah. role along guys like Not CB3, doing too much. Shea, yeah. Gallo, more, uh, you know, more I, in a more specific role. Uh, but moving on to another, another big, we'll kind of cover this one a little more quickly because he didn't do a ton tonight. But he's showing some things. He's shown some things over the past yeah. three games, like you said. This, or sorry, the p- past four games um, during the three, three and one win streak. Uh, that the or three and one streak that the Thunder had. Mama Didi Akite, nine points, eight rebounds, four or six from the floor. Uh, I like that he's shooting threes. Like he can hit them. Um, it's good for him to experiment. To yeah. He only took two, so that's good. But he was oh two from three. What are your thoughts on Diakite? Not even just really tonight, as much as the recent stretch that he had during this away streak um, with some of the injuries that have played the Thunder. He's, I'm not comparing him to Moses Brown in terms of skill set. Like he's six inches shorter than Moses, has nowhere near the length. 
but in terms of like a strong big that rebounds the ball and is just a, a kind of a garbage man putback guy, even even kind of a lob threat at times too. He's been impressive. Like he's never had a double double in his career. Almost did it tonight. Um, I, the thing with him is he's never going to be a starter in this league. He could be a backup role player. But really, if the Thunder were to contend next year and he was on the team and they were to bring in guys and like really put together a big roster, at best, he's like third string. So it's cool to see he's intriguing. He does a lot of little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. He's a he's a Dagnall said he's a, a loose wire, just kind of yeah, like an I energy guy, you know, a hot wire. Yeah, hot. He, yeah, he brings the energy. Right. And that's like gr- that. that's great. But that's never going to be a guy that plays more than like eight minutes a game or like a a spot role. And I almost wonder, Nick, like, for example, something I didn't mention tonight. um, Mike Muscala was active tonight, but didn't get playing time for pretty obvious reasons there. Second time back to back. Better. Yeah. Well, yes, that's the biggest one. Right. That's the most glaring reason. Um, But what the Thunder would tell you if you were, you know, if you were to ask Dayton about that post game, he would say, well, second time back to back. He's nursing that that ankle that he's been messing with since last season, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think we're, we're seeing Pressy and Dagnall kind of throwing guys like this at that position. Um, a little more of a lob threat, uh, rim protecting big and Diakite, a versatile um, guy like, like Muscala, who's not going to be scoring down low a lot, but can expand the floor. You have JRE who can do a little bit of all of it, but is undersized to kind of see what they want long-term when they're looking for that kind of player. Yeah. And also like to your point, if one of these guys performs well enough, you have them on the bench yeah. and for the dog days of the NBA, like we're in right now, uh, three seasons from now in February D or whoever it may be, his game will be the burn, yeah. but probably enough on D um, kind of getting into more of the fun stuff here. I want to talk about the two rookies and then we'll get into kind of the two surprises of the game. Uh, you can probably guess who those two surprises are. But transitioning into those rookies, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, I mean, just a phenomenal stretch. The reason that the Thunder went on that three-game win streak, the reason they were able to compete on the second half of back-to-back tonight, honestly, I would say they were led by these two rookies. Um, the main one being Josh Giddy, who I just have gotten to the point now, Nick, where I just think, like, maybe we were really underestimated his ceiling. I don't want to get too excited yet, just because, you know, sophomore slumps and growing pains and... Um, teams having adjusted to Shea and Lou being out, et cetera, et cetera. But without Lou tonight, Josh Giddy scores a new career high, 24 points, yep. four rebounds, eight assists, almost a double-double um, on 10 of 19 shooting. Very efficient, obviously. Only one of five from three, but I like seeing that. Um, mm-hmm. A pretty good three-point number from him. And uh, 35 from the free throw line. Leads, well, I guess tied with Baisley for leading the team in minutes. Just a really awesome performance yeah. from from Josh Giddy tonight with the two stars or the two leading scorers for the Thunder being out tonight. Yeah, Josh is, I mean, it doesn't take a, a smart guy to realize Josh Giddy will be an all-star in this league if he can figure out the scoring. Like, yep. he, he could go the next 15 years of being an NBA player, never improve as a passer, never improve as a rebounder, and he's already at an elite level in both those categories. He'd be a, a long-term starter. Right, like, like he, peak. when and, you're averaging six yeah. or seven points and assists, or rebounds and assists, I don't care if you're 19, I don't care if you're 30, those are numbers that anyone would take from a guard, like bar none. It's the scoring that's going to take... It, I, I made a comparison early in the season 
the scoring is going to be the difference between him becoming Luca level and him being just a big Ricky Rubio. You know, yeah. like Ricky Rubio, he Ricky Rubio became a better scorer as he went along in, in his career, but he was never like a 20, 25 point a night kind of guy or an so, elite right. um, shooter, or shooter outside. or score at, at all. Yep. But he's still a good player. And, he, and you saw that with, with many teams over the past five, six, and eight, nine. facilitator. Right, right. But and like so, Josh already has some of that in terms of like his floater, like yeah. being able to compensate already at such a young age uh, and utilizing his size that Rubio has good size, but not like yeah. Giddy has. No, no, no. no. So and, I, and I, think I, I see what you're saying. That helps him defensively. Falling too. somewhere in between those two, between a Luca and a, I mean, we aren't saying he's, but you wanted Josh to be closer. turning into Luca. You wanted to be but, closer to that. Exactly. If, dude, if Josh, if Josh Giddy, if Josh Giddy could could develop a, to be clear, Luca's not a good shooter. Luca, fair point. If too. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, without looking at stats, Luca's only shot above 35 percent from three in his career once. Like he's not. That's he just shoots. A, he just shoots a lot of threes. If Josh Giddy can become a 35 percent three point shooter at his peak, and then be efficient in the mid range and around the rim, and and just take the shots, like you can't score 20, 25 points without taking the shots. And he's a guy that a lot of games he finishes with like nine or ten or eleven shots. It's it's very hard to score twenty when you're only shooting that that many shots. If he can if he can become a decent three point shooter, and and take the shots, he will be he will be close to a Luca level player. He, he may not be the the offensive score or like the step back game winner kind of guy that Luca is, but if he he could easily He'll present the versatility, he could average. So 20, we're talking twenty eight and eight. Next right. year, just you, being an average three point yeah, shooter. Yes. Uh, sorry, a league average yes. three point shooter. Easily. I agree with you completely. Um, and a lot of that, and this makes a ton of sense. I'm not like condoning this by any means, but the balance it, it comes down to the balance of um, him trying to fill out Shay, Shay trying to fill out him in terms of the offense, um, and, and just the long term fit. Even with Lou, right? And that's something that maybe we'll touch on here a little bit tonight here in a little bit um we'll touch on a little more uh with our trade deadline preview i think tomorrow night with our group podcast and if lou is not traded which i don't think he will you're a little more optimistic maybe than i am we'll talk a lot about it this offseason yeah, all that to say i'm exactly with you and the fact that um lou and shay were both out tonight and we saw getting not only have a career high but like you said on pretty efficient shooting i mean no very efficient shooting 10 to 19 only shooting one of five from three, like knowing his limits, but still willing to expand that. I mean, it's just if, if he I, if he I, goes I, three of five, he's got 30. Exactly. You know, it's, and, it's and I tweet that out. If he goes, I think he was oh and three at halftime. He has 20 points if he hits two of those. Like it just uh, I'm getting more and more excited about Josh Giddy and his overall ceiling. And I, I just can't wait. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another guy that is right there with me in terms of excitement. A very different role for this team now. And a very different role for this team long term if he is still with this team, which I think he absolutely will be. But Nick, Trey Mann has been really, really impressive. Um, in fact, maybe a if there is a blessing in disguise when it comes to Shea's injury, even Lou's injury, yeah. um, you know, quote unquote injury, yeah. uh, <laughs> over this this recent stretch, I think Trey Mann's emergence has been, like I said, a blessing in disguise. 16 points tonight, three rebounds, three assists, six of 18 from the floor, not as efficient as Giddy, but still pretty damn good for a starting rookie um, thrust into this role with, you know, 32 minutes overall. Um, three of nine from three. I love seeing him let it fly nine times. Yeah. Uh, if this is in the other night, there's any chance that that's anywhere from, you know, four to five, four to seven made attempts. Right. Um, so I love that. Only one and two from the free throw line. Obviously, a, a, I think an area that he can improve, but enough rambling. Tell me about Trey Mann tonight, and then maybe some overall thoughts about Trey Mann uh, post Shea injury over the past week. I'm going to boil it down to one thing. Um, don't want to talk about his scoring, because if you've watched Thunder basketball, you know he's an elite scorer, a flashy scorer, a highlight guy. He can dunk on you. He can step back three on you. That's, that's without being said. I think what we're going to see from Trey Mann over the next, what is it, six games between now and the All-Star break when Shea's yep. going to be reevaluated. The kid played point guard in high school. He played point guard in college, and he can pass the rock. We think he of was, him... He's still, he's still, not to your point, still listed... Uh, I know this at, like, you know, about a fourth of the way into the season. We're now over... Again, just a complete aside, a lot uh-huh. of people think all-star break means halfway through the season. No, we're like basically yeah. three-quarters of the way through the NBA season. They still list Trey Mann as a point guard. He is. I mean, he is. Like That's and what he, he, that's, right. that's what yeah. he is. 
we we love making the comparisons of like Lou Williams, like the bench score, but I think we forget that he is a point guard and he can pass. And you saw a beautiful dime to Diakite, lob threat, putting it down, like beautiful dime. He is a I'm not he's not he's not a Josh Giddy passer. He's not even really a Shea passer, but he is a solid passer. He is and and Lou Williams can pass too. But I think as he continues to score more, people are going to think of him as like a, a shooting guard that's just a, a scorer. But I think over the next six games, we're going to continue to see him facilitate and pass. And like he he can do more than just score the ball. I think he's going to become a more well-rounded player. And that is what I want to see from him. I, he, I'd rather see him over the next six games accumulate 30 assists, so like six a game, than I would see that's him score... Like that then I would see him score 20 a game. Like we know he can score. I, I don't need, I don't say, need to see that. Let's say like 12 to 15 steals, because that's something yeah. else I've noticed from Trey, especially tonight, some really solid defense. Yeah. Um, and, and I was a little frustrated also, to be honest, early on with the coaching staff, like being, for example, a little more harsh on him than they were other players, but then seeing how he's reacted to that, like you can tell, obviously they were coaching to a specific personality, knowing how he would respond. Yeah, and he's, he's risen. Yeah. He, he's risen to that occasion because he is a Hooper. Yeah. Um, I, I think of a, I think he had, this is in the second half to uh, third quarter. I believe he hits a three, goes back on the other end, gets a steal, kicks out to a get three. Or an open three. Right. Yeah. And right there, he generates six points for the Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm exactly with you. Six, six, four. I mean, a, six, I, I was watching Jaden Ivy. um, today for the first yeah. time live i haven't gotten to watch him live yet i've watched a, a, like an embarrassing amount of auburn uh compared to like ou osu tu basketball um i finally got to watch Jaden ivy and was shocked when i looked up his his uh measurements and, and saw that he's essentially the same size as trey man maybe just like a little heavier but not much like yeah. five pounds yeah and or at least from a listed standpoint so a lot of room for trey man to grow physically Yep. as well as just as a player in general. And I'm with you. Uh, Nick, you tweeted out, you know, the, the, the comparison to Lou Williams, mm-hmm. Lemon Pepper Lou. And I uh, I think we came up with uh, Truffle Butter Trey. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's the uh, he's, sixth man of the going. year, don't forget it. That's right. That's right. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, my last, maybe like we'll call it a theme here. Um, there were two players who really contributed for the Thunder tonight, and it was not Kenrich Williams who did play. You know, he always comes in and, and provides, you know, just a quick aside, <laughs> provides solid minutes for the Thunder. Uh, I think the first half you tweeted out, Nick, that, you know, he was the only, uh, he was neutral at this point, but was the only Thunder player that was not a negative in the plus minus, which is in this sense was indicative of how the game went. Um, always is a positive for this team, but I'm not talking about Kendrich. Like I said, Muscala didn't play. There's two players left I want to touch on. I want to touch on them. Um, Second year guys, huh? I guess I, I should rephrase that. I would like to uh, cover them in tandem. There you go. Alexei Pogushevsky and Teo Maladone, two players who have really struggled this season, both of them getting quite a bit of burn in the blue. Teo getting a little more burn recently due to injuries, but not doing great. Poku getting his first minute since January 9th for the Thunder. And even then, Nick, he wasn't getting a lot of burn in general prior to that. And both of them had great games. I think Poku obviously having the best one. So let's go ahead and start with Teo. We'll end with Poku on our biggest positive. Yeah, I'm going to make a Poku comment before I get into Teo. I'll say, yeah, that's okay. I'm thinking about, it was probably 
three months before the draft. I remember this podcast like very vividly. It was just oh, me no. and you. And Poku right back, started popping up on off. draft boards for the first time. Because <laughs> he was a nobody six months before the draft. You didn't even know he existed. Yep. Nobody did. And he started popping up on draft boards. There was the rumor that Oklahoma City was interested. And I remember like we were both watching YouTube highlights trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to say his name. We were like, Alexej what? <laughs> and then three months later, he becomes a member of the Thunder. We're all psyched. Um, I'm st- I've still not given up on him. I know a lot of a lot of uh, Thunder folks have just because he just doesn't still hasn't done out of the frame. He's um, I'm gonna get into Poku first. I, I think that's okay. Okay, let's touch on Poku since we're on the topic. He's looked lost his entire season. To your he point, has, like he, he just. Has, it's disappointing after his fre- his uh, almost a freshman his rookie season. Yeah, yeah. But I think he needed that time with the blue, and even with the blue, Nick, he had very very poor um, shooting splits. Um, he was facilitating and like, but he's a know, rookie. Yeah, right. Right. By age, exactly. by age, he is he's a one of the 20, 20 youngest players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And so still I give... is younger than guys like to your point when Chet is drafted. Yeah, dude. Like it, it's there's, wild. there's going to be guys in this upcoming draft that go in the lottery that are older than Poku. And and it's funny because when he got drafted, you go on Twitter, you go on Instagram, you go on podcasts, National Thunder, everything. And it was like, okay, Poku's a good pick. And 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 every everybody said long term project. We're not gonna judge him until yep. year four or five. And here we are, year two, and everyone's giving up. I'm like, he's a bust. Do you not remember a year and a half ago? Every single person said he's four years out from being NBA ready. Why are we judging him right now? Like, like we we can we can look at his stats all day and like evaluate game to game. But if you're giving up on Poku a year and a half into his career when he's still one of the 20 youngest players in the NBA, if if this was 2024 and he still looks like this definitely like he's done like he's probably out of the nba but that's still so far away um i think he looked good tonight um that euro step that full court or uh coast to coast euro step for the layup oh he's hitting gosh, threes yeah, there in the fourth quarter pulling down rebounds putting them back up using that seven foot frame like he he fins rebounds when the thunder the had tools, no true man. big out there he's got the I mean, tools he was playing well enough tonight that dagnall was able to play a lineup of trey man uh giddy I want to say it was Teo at this point, but you could, you know, throw in Ty Jerome in that sense as well. Um, and then it was uh, Baisley and Poku because Poku was playing so well yeah. um, uh, as a wing, yeah. uh, kind of a score, versatile score on offense. And as to your point, a a, a re- rebounder and room protector on defense. Yep. And that allowed, po- or, that allowed Poku, that allowed uh, Daynault to play a little small there. And I, I, I like a lot of what you mentioned about the long-term project of him. And you're going to be able to probably shed a little more light on this than even I could. But, you know, I've noticed a lot of Dignant's comments in regards to Poku is, you know, long-term project. And we aren't, you know. Different development track. Yeah, right. Exactly. Everybody has a different, you know, and nobody is linear and nobody is the same <laughs> in terms of course of their development. Right. And it's true. They're very much viewing this as a long-term project. So it's yeah. great to see games like tonight from Poku. I hope he can build on this. Um, because, you know, again, uh, there, there's so many different rabbit holes. We can go down this regard post trade deadline. Do we see more of Poku? Um, I even 
I had another thought too about Poku and in, in his playing time um, as well. But yeah, no, like it, we probably see a little more of Poku again post trade end line like we did For last sure. season. For sure. All of that. Um, but what about Teo? I'm going to put it back on you on Teo. On Teo, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, Poku ends up with 12 points, nine rebounds. I'm not sure if I said it. Almost had double double, five, nine from three. I like that shooting splits from him um, in the time that he was given. And speaking of Teo, looking at the minute splits, 26 minutes for Poku off the bench, 22 for Teo. 16 for favors, 16 for Kenrich. Uh, that was it. That was all the people that play for the Thunder. Nine man getting a, <laughs> a little bit of rest. Um, and then Lou Dort obviously being out. So, uh, and, um, amongst many other players. So, Teo. Teo finally had his, his best game in a very, very long time for the Thunder. I've been really curious about Teo because he's putting up great stats with the blue. You can tell he's more comfortable there. Um, he knows he's playing against less elite talent, but even then it doesn't matter. Like he just, he's doing things that I know can translate to the NBA level, not necessarily at a high level, but I know if they can translate to the NBA level. And then you, I, I, I'm watching him the majority of the season, but specifically after he has that really solid stretch here about two, three weeks ago with the blue, he has called back up with the thunder for a couple games. He gets very, very limited minutes, especially this past week like five minutes in the first half here, you know, eight minutes in the first half, you know, three minutes in the second half right, there. Right. And he just looks lost. He's airballing three point shots. I, I say lost. He looks flustered airballing three point shots, yeah, not yeah. looking for teammates, just looks lost out there. Only thing he's doing is playing good all ball, uh, on ball defense. And even then it's just average. Um, so to see him come out tonight when they really need him most, when they're very, very short handed on guards, Teo gets much more burned tonight, and that allowed Dignall to play him a little more. He ends up with nine points. Um, only one rebound, one assist, whatever. Nine points on four or five shooting, one one from three. Played much more within himself. Did not look nearly as flustered. You can see him more and more comfortable as the game went along. He's looking for teammates. Um, just a much more well-rounded game from Teo. And uh, I, I, I'm not excited about Teo as a, as a prospect long-term by any means, right? But like, to to what we talked about here a little bit ago, I think we will see him more post trade deadline. So it was good to see him finally get some confidence again. I think is my my final point on Teo. Yeah, um, with Teo, it's kind of like Trey Man, but in a different way. I, I don't care about the scoring. You could put any any guard in the Thunder on the Thunder bench and give them twenty three minutes, and scoring nine points is like kind of expected. Like if you're going to be out there that long, scoring nine points is not impressive. If Teo is going to be on this team long term, it's got to be the assist numbers. And if he's going to get burned, the the kind of latter half of the season post trade deadline, it's what's going to impress me is the assist numbers. I don't care if if Teo averages eleven points a game the remainder of the way. I, I don't care if he's only having one assist and one rebound the rest of the season. He's just another body. But if he can actually facilitate, he's a backup point guard in this league long term. Like, there's no doubt about that. He's never going to be a starter. And that might be his ceiling. Right, right. <laughs> but if he's going to be a guy that's going to be on this team long term and wants to right. be in that backup, he's got to be a facilitator, a passer. I'd rather him average four assists and zero points than 10 assists and or 10, 10 points and one assist. Like, the assist numbers and the facilitation are what's going to be his determining factor for being here long-term. 
I don't care about scoring. He's got size. He can kind of defend. He's got to be a facilitator. And if he's going to be the backup point guard long-term, which is probably his goal, like I'm going to, I'm going to back up SGA and I'm going to back up right. Dort, Giddy, whoever's here. That's going to be my role. Um, he's got to facilitate better and one assist in 23 minutes. Like that's I, not I, great. I, I could get an assist in 23 minutes. I, <laughs> I could catch the ball and like, Oh, there's Dia Kite. <laughs> right. Exa- right. You exactly. know, like 23 exactly. minutes. And then you'll get your, you, know, you could look absolutely terrible and be yeah. all over YouTube with like bloopers for right. the rest of your minutes, but you can still get that one assist. Yes. And I think that's a great point. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think about Teo. Um, and like you said, long-term, uh, I, I agree with you, but in order for him to facilitate, right. You, you, I like that you use the term facilitate instead of like, you know, distribute or get assists because in order for him to, to uh, facilitate, he's got to be able to score the ball a little bit because yeah. otherwise it's very easy to guard a player, who you know, is not going to score, but is going to. Everyone in the league can teammates. score though. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be able to, right. But so he, He's got to have a little bit of an offensive threat. If he's going to be able to yeah, facilitate. Sure, sure, sure. But he showed that. He did show that enough of that tonight for what you said. What yeah. the Thunder would be looking for him, uh, looking for from him long term. Wasn't, wasn't a bad game from Teo by any means. But if he had that same stat line every game the rest of the way, I would not be impressed. Yeah. No, I, I agree completely. And, and I think it's <laughs> to that point, it's a little sad that maybe. This was his best game of this season right. for the Thunder. So we'll see yeah. what happens post-trade deadline. Uh, just to transition to our my last theme overall here, we're going to dive deep into trade themes on our group podcast uh, tomorrow night, Sunday night, for the Monday podcast. But, you know, uh, you and I, Jacob, uh, J.D. Silva, we, we've been talking a little bit in the, in the Slack today about some certain trades, um, specifically Lou Dort. You obviously tweeted out a, a a teaser earlier tonight before the game, um, but just like the Thunder in general, um, and, and like I said, we've been talking about post trade deadline. Some of these guys, like maybe Wiggins gets converted, and then Diakite is on a two way contract. A lot of different things to go. So we'll just kind of go maybe a little more surface level here, but um, maybe we start with Lou Dort. You you seem a little more confident than I when it comes to this trade deadline about Lou Dort being traded where I think there's like very, very little chances will happen trade in line, but I'm more optimistic about, or I say optimistic. Um, I, I think it's more likely to happen closer to this upcoming draft if it were to happen. So maybe give your thoughts on, on Lou Dort really quick before we get out of here. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying there's a good chance he's getting traded by any means. Um, I'm, I just, I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised. But what makes things really weird and interesting is that we saw Norman Powell who is essentially like a more veteran version. Like Norman Powell gets freaking buckets. Like he's averaging almost 20 a game. Okay. He's a solid Trey man. Like it's just what we want Trey man to be in like three years. Yeah. If you could have him be Norman Powell. Yeah. Yeah. But seeing him and Robert Covington get traded for essentially like a bag of chips makes you think if this is the market, there's no way Lou Dort's getting traded. But then you see Dorian Finney-Smith in Dallas. Reportedly, the Mavs have declined a late lottery, a late lottery, or late lottery. Yes, yeah, for yeah. him. So I'm like, there's, there's so many ends of the spectrum here. If, if the trade market is is closer to Finney-Smith, and that means Dort, Dort's value is through the roof. But if it's closer to Norman Powell, you're like, there's no. If Norman Powell got that return with Robert Covington, there's no way you trade Dort. So. Right. My my like boiling it down to like one sentence. 
I do not. I'm not confident Lou Dort will be traded at the deadline. I would still not be shocked because just like we, we talk about Marvin Bagley, we talk about PJ Washington, we talk about Mo Bamba, these guys that are like decent talents or like like upper level talents, former lottery picks that teams may not be able to sign to a big deal. So they're going to trade them, get value while they can. Um, like that makes sense for Dort. Like he's, he could be a guy here long-term, but he also, there's a lot of guard repetitiveness. Do you want to trade him before you have to pay him or do you pay him then trade him? There's a lot of moving parts. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was traded. It just depends on the market. Like if, if it's more like Norman Powell, you don't do it. You don't do it at all. But if there's a team desperate enough to your point. Yeah. Um, that would meet that at that high asking price for Presti. Yeah, I, for sure. It happens. And yeah. there's a lot of teams looking for that kind of player. Um, I mean, I don't want to just go through the list and waste our time here on the post game, but you know, Utah jazz, the Hawks, I mean, Phil, it, the Boston Celtics. Are oh, so I mean, many. I mean, if, if, if the Hawks, if the, the Hawks Lakers called, if the Hawks called and said, we, we need a defensive minded guard. We'll give you John Collins for Lou Dort. You and uh, and Jalen Johnson, yeah, <laughs> not even, just like not even, yeah. not even like you just you give if you give straight up and this and this is not anything that's been like reported or like even in in talks, but if they offered John Collins for Lou Dort, which would save Atlanta a shit ton of money this year, they have a great guard they can play on both sides. They Collins his whole locker room mantra is gone. Like I think you do that. That's that's a no brainer. Um, but it, but like. Outside of that, doesn't make like, OKC too good this season. Exactly, exactly. It's the same with Sabonis. Like I, I could see the Pacers saying, "Because their their thing, scratch my head. Their thing is like we want to retool, not rebuild. Yep. We want to stay relevant. We don't want to tank it out. Dort fits that. Like he's young, so he's for the future, but he's not bad. He's gonna he's gonna help you. Like probably help you win now. The Pacers could give like a Sabonis, but at the same time. I don't. I, I don't think they'd trade Sabonis for Dort straight up by any means. Right. But that makes Oklahoma City really good now. Like it's just like not really good, but it makes them better now. It's it's interesting. I think Lou Dort is a guy that that Thunder fans should keep an eye on the deadline. I'm not saying he's going to be traded, but it's something to keep an eye on. And uh, I, I again, that just kind of I think my overall thoughts would just be uh, more towards how the lottery turns out this year. Um, because at that point we'll have a good feeling for where the we'll know exactly where the Thunder are going to be picking, uh, and then from there, I think we'll have a a good idea of of if Dort will be used as trade bait to move up. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I asked, example, I, if, I asked if you, you have your own earlier. Pick, yeah. What 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 was what will be the lowest pick you would trade Dort for? Maybe instead of trading the Pacers Dort now, or or you know some other team now. You wait to see where their pick lands. If Indiana lands the the seventh or eighth pick, I would trade Dort for the seventh pick. You know, and and in, in, okay, in, in, in theory, steps. like there's going to be a lot of Thunder fans listening to this. Like, what do you mean? But you have to keep in mind what Nick is saying, and this is what him and I were talking about in the Slack. We kind of went back and forth here a little bit. This would mean that the Thunder still have their own top seven or eight pick. Yeah, so not yeah, only yeah. do you have a top one through. I mean. Uh, Obviously, knock on wood, praying to God, we're hoping for a top four pick. You have a top one through seven or eight pick. Yep. Yep. You trade Dort for another one of those. Yep. And then you either worst case scenario, which is a pretty good scenario, you end up with two 
top seven or eight players in this draft. Um, that also makes you maybe a little more likely to get a better uh, pick in the upcoming 2023 yep. draft, which looks a domino. And what, then you right. don't have to pay door and the 2023 CBA is looming. It's one less exactly. guy. Exactly. Hey, like it just, it makes sense. Or you can use, if you don't take two players in the top eight, you can combine those or you, you can use move those two up. picks to try and move up. Exactly. Yeah, and consolidate, which is no what doubt. we're hoping to see from Presti. Yeah. Um, the only other guy I'm thinking there in, in that regard, which is probably more likely in terms of, um, the trade in line would be Kenneth Williams. We yeah. don't need to get into places where he'll go. We'll talk about this tomorrow night, but that's just another guy in that same category. Uh, I think that that uh, other teams, opposing teams, are going to be coming to the Thunder asking for guys like Kenrich, like Lou. Um, hey, I know Muscala really likes it there. You're not really wanting to move him, but uh, it's, has he changed his mind? Let me know what you're thinking. I think those are kind of the three guys no, to keep an eye out on. There's one more. Who are you thinking? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Hamadou Diallo type trade with Ty Jerome. Oh yes. One of those where it's like, especially this recent stretch. That's a good point. You're like, you're like the guy you traded for is like kind of the same kind of, eh, but it's another guy to explore. Like if, if Presti decides we've seen Ty, he's solid, but probably not a guy that's going to be here forever. Maybe we trade him for another guy that on his team is kind of, eh, not here forever. And it, and it, it flops. And and, in last year's case, Sfee, didn't pan out, signed somewhere else. Hami, Hami stuck with Detroit. He's signed there. He's playing well, but I think you make another similar trade. Like you trade like for a, you trade for a guy that's not great, but might fit longer term and could be resigned. You can so, give him a try. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and think and about I, Baisley for a different team. Yeah, exactly. It, it's kind of like the, the Baisley Bagley swap. You do yeah. like a Ty Jerome, um, I don't know, some someone else that's similar caliber, like a former first rounder that hasn't panned out well, and just see if he fits better. If he does, great. If he doesn't, darn, you lost Ty Jerome for nothing. Like, that's not right. a big deal. Ty Jerome's not all that, you know? I like that. I like that a lot. That's yeah. uh, that's good. We need to remember that, and we'll we'll try and bring it up uh, on tomorrow night, Sunday. Yeah, that should, be, that should be a segment. If you're going to trade Ty Jerome for a flyer, who would you trade him for? Who would that? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um. Yeah, fun stuff. Like I said, a, a very, very busy week ahead. Um, let's see. Tomorrow night we have our group podcast. Like I said, we have our uh, we're gonna do our our trade breakdown. Uh, we're kind of looking ahead to the obviously spending a lot of time on the Thunder, but also just league wide in general. We we're kind of expecting with the trade deadline looming this upcoming Thursday. Um, Jacob has Monday night's game. There's still Thunder games to be played through all the trade deadline madness. Jacob has Monday night's game. Um, I have Wednesday's game. JD Silva uh, and Jacob will be live Thursday from like about 1.30 to 2.30 um, as a, the trade deadline is, is coming to a close. They'll be breaking down all the latest tweets from Woj and Shams and everybody else, all the craziness happening there. And then uh, hoping, uh, hopefully myself, maybe some others will we'll be able to jump on just for a little bit. And be able to do a little bit of a post game or post game, a post trade deadline podcast yeah. and, and try and break it all down. So hopefully we have a lot of uh, fireworks leading up to that. Then Justin has Friday's game. There's a Saturday game, another Friday, Saturday, back to back, just all kinds of stuff uh, going on for the Thunder this upcoming week. But the uncontested will have you covered for all of it. So Bowl Bowl's all- first game in OKC next Saturday. Oh, there you go. Hey, Bowl Bowl. 
Kenrich. There, there's your, uh, your or hey, your, or hey. Not, uh, Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome. That, that, that's that's what I meant. That is not, actually not exactly what I'm talking about. A guy. There it is. Ty Jerome helps the Celtics now more than Bo Bull does, and they're both kind of like, eh. They're both like worth a second round pick, but you just kind of swap them. Celtics want to get under the under if the. They work. The, they yeah. Tax apron. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Bo Bull to the Thunder. You heard it here first. David Tessa. Until next time, Thunder up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.